Hi, it's David, and this is the Hot Button Number 109 Game of Platforms. To start with, I'm not getting drawn into another newsletter about the latest revelations from the Academy of Immobile Panic Buttons and Excuses and Will Hulk Jr. Smith. If you're interested in getting my opinion, check out my Twitter feed, ampersand David Poland, at David Poland, for details and disgust. Now on to the newsletter. What struck me as interesting today was the release of the launch date for House of the Dragon, and on their premiere poster, what seemed to be a dragon who was in really bad need of a facial. Notice that the release from Warner Media, emailed from HBO and HBO Max PR, featured only HBO Max on that teaser poster. I thought to myself, wow, this is a ballsy and interesting move from Kylar. But right there at the top of the release, there it was, the 10-episode HBO original drama, House of the Dragon, debuts Sunday, August 21st on HBO, and will be available to stream on HBO Max. In other words, 100% business as usual. HBO is the release network, and HBO Max is another way to see what is an HBO program. And then I thought to myself, why? The finale of Game of Thrones drew a bit over 19 million people that week, and surely many more, a few million maybe, since then. It was said that the last episodes of Game Game cost 20 million each or so, which is a lot of money, but not that much these days. I'm willing to estimate, without any judgment of it, that House of the Dragon will cost $30 million an episode from the very start. That's not an average hour budget, but these days it is not shocking. So let's say Warner Media is $300 million deep into production for the first season, plus some additional rights costs, etc. Last year, Warner Media had Godzilla vs. Kong, Dune, and Matrix Resurrections, each of which, after cleaning up for Kylar's premature evacuation of the films to HBO Max day and date, had a similar price tag to that $300 million. Each of the three. And the losses of potential box office revenue they took intentionally and willfully in theatrical for all three movies were rationalized by proclaiming a great influence on additional HBO Max subs, which for the year were about $7 million. Of course, there was also a content spend, literally, of more than a billion dollars, a couple billion dollars, in addition to the movies that were Project Popcorn and to Day and Date Streaming. So why is House of the Dragon more highly valued as exclusive HBO content than any of the other material is prized within its normal release method? It's not just about a Warner Media or Warner Brothers Disco or whatever it's going to be called someday. This is a Kareem Daniels question at Disney, a question for Comcast, NBC Universal, for Paramount, Sony, Amazon, MGM. Apple and Netflix are on their own in their own alternate space for now because really their only platform they have is their own. Media keeps reporting which company is making this many movies, which one's making this many series, this many limited series. But it's also constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, mostly putting theatrical content and streaming as soon as possible, which is really not the story. Because if everything is in play, everything starts needs to start being in play. Why don't people paying for HBO Max, which is everyone with HBO, get the new major show on Saturday, a day early? Why isn't every single episode of the new series premiering in a bunch of IMAX theaters? Phones and bags, please. With a couple cast members streamed in after each show for 25 bucks a ticket on Friday night. 300 IMAX screens would be what? 60,000 people, 1.5 million in box office maybe? Not really a cash cow, but a great piece of obsessive fan promotion. What would a Saturday release only on HBO Max do? Saturday night is a dead TV night. The combined Saturday-Sunday rating would be accepted by the press. Unless the show sucks, there is no downside. But it creates value in people using the HBO Max app. 
Maybe it stays on there and it adds viewers all day Sunday, or maybe they make it a premiere only thing where it's only available on Saturday from, say, 7 p.m. Eastern to 11 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Pacific to 8 p.m. Pacific. I don't know the details well enough to feel strongly about exactly how they do it. For some reason, all but a few cases of creative repurposing in this era of change have been about theatrical movies that were already being made or were finished when the pandemic began, just after most of the streaming services launched. But we are getting to the end of the hump. Streamers are still finding their feet. Disney has a lot of working, but the Hulu piece is still a bit unsettled. No one knows exactly what Zazz, I call him Zazz now because we play handball on Wednesdays and we talk about other newsletters, what he's going to do. Amazon is absorbing, (laughs) trying to digest, I guess. Apple is celebrating and Peacock and Paramount Plus are doing an effective dog paddle for the moment. The future is streaming. It will probably take longer than expected and AVOD will probably be more prominent than expected, advertising based on demand. But streaming, the delivery method, will be 80% plus of TV soon enough. So when are we going to get bigger swings, fresher ideas? There was a lot of Twitter chatter about why the Academy Awards were not live streaming, presumably on Hulu. The answer is I don't really know, but I do know that there can't be a ton of downside in doing it. Just straight live feed, including the ad sell, the sold ad spots, affiliate issues, that might happen, but there are ways of regionalizing a feed so local stations get their logo, and even if you want, their local ads while watching in their region. Bravo has a new variation of Below Deck launching on Peacock, and I suspect it will eventually earn Bravo proper, as the variation of Wheel Housewives has. Over on AMC, I'm getting Killing Eve a week early before it airs on BBC America. Don't even know why, but I get Showtime's Billions and Super Pumped available to watch on Saturday night while the show actually premieres on Sunday night. Sure, there are a bunch of other quirky opportunities I don't even realize are happening. But what if every Bravo show, everyone, maybe a few exceptions, was available a day early or a week early if you had a paid subscription to Peacock? What about the NBC shows? Peacock and Paramount Plus are relying heavily on unpaid AVOD, but if the math is better on ad-free monthly subs... And why offer them if they're not? Why not maximize the goal? I'm happy to pay, I'm happy personally to pay an extra six bucks a month for the ad-free Hulu and the Disney bundle. Many people are not. What added incentives can be offered? I don't think people even need to use benefits in order to be more likely to buy packages that offer them. They just like the idea. The challenge is to assert upscaled benefits without devaluing the AVOD proposition on something like Hulu. But that's where we are. Another cool incentive is on MLB TV, Major League Baseball Television. It's it's an app, and it has all the games outside of the local market. I've been a subscriber for years, as I'm a fan of every of an East Coast team, and I live in Los Angeles. A great innovation in streaming to every platform. Anyway, I'm also a member. I also subscribe to YouTube TV, and they offer the service on the digital dial. So for the same price, I now have every live game pop up into my guide, and I don't have to switch to the MLB app to watch, which also makes watching stuff during commercial breaks easier, switching games, everything else. But I worry, do I, did I actually get baseball through my YouTube TV app when I'm not at home? Do I have to do it that way? No, baseball's made it work. So when my paid subscription, I also get their MLB TV app where there's also radio coverage and live stats and more that no form of YouTube TV offers. It's a home run for the consumer. Point is, not every streamer needs to be their own Netflix content waterfall. Give your customers enough to make them happy, then maybe add 50% more, 
And that is probably enough to keep your subscribers. There isn't really more than a need for more than five new programs every week, series or movie length. It is time to get creative. Until tomorrow.